Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I am your host, Jen Amos. And with me today, I have marriage educator and board certified coach, Dr. Jackie Black. Her company is Dr. Jackie Black, and you can learn more about her on her website at drjackieblack.com. Dr. Jackie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So good to be here with you. Yeah, absolutely. For people that are getting to know you for the first time, Dr. Jackie, share briefly a little bit about yourself and what you do as a marriage educator. So relationships uh, are one area of life where we don't have any education. Normally, Mm. we will look at our parents or our grandparents or see what our friends are doing or sometimes listen to pop psychology, read in magazines, Mm -hmm. you know, good advice, not good advice. But nowhere is there actually um, education. And there are essential relationship success skills that people need, skills and tools and strategies, just like you would need in any um, job or hobby or sport. Relationships aren't any different. I think that's a, an interesting point to make. I was just writing down my notes, if you're wondering why I'm looking down, because it's it's true. You know, I think in, in our standard educational system, first of all, there's, you know, no education around finance. And I didn't, I didn't even think to think that there really is no education around relationships. And you are so correct. I think about how I live, how I base my relationships. I usually, you know, look at those who are around me, like my mom or my relatives. And um, sometimes I, I, I even struggled with what I thought was like, if I felt like I was approaching a relationship differently than what I had seen all my life, I would feel a little off. I, I would feel like I'm doing you know, the wrong thing or something. Like I'm not checking all the right boxes, (laughs) you know, to be a a good spouse or a good partner or or what have you. And so I think that's a a really, a really good important, that's a really um, important observation to make. The other thing is that relationships, marriages are in the middle of a paradigm shift. Mm -hmm. The uh, construct of marriage hasn't been looked at or revisited or changed since the 1950s. So we're in a paradigm shift. We're actually not in the middle. We're toward the end. Mm -hmm. Contemporary couples really both are looking at intimacy, the first time ever in relationship history. Men and women are saying, I want more intimacy. I want more closeness. Yeah. There are more and more women who have high-powered jobs. And making that shift, that energetic shift from being out in the world energy to being home with a spouse is very different. And we need to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. Would you say so? So, and and I completely agree with you. I think about uh, even my own parents, and yes, they had three kids, so I'm sure they had a great time. But you know, I didn't really see um, 
I didn't really get modeled or had that conversation around, you know, intimacy and affection. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, um, even in my own life, I got to a place where I was like, well, why can't I, let's say as a woman, you know, openly talk about my sexuality. And so would you say that because women can provide for themselves now, like they can, you know, they have access to, you know, employment that maybe um, their desires for a relationship have changed? Yes. I think the desires for relationship for both men and women has changed. So the old paradigm used to be that men would provide social, that social security, that umbrella Mm -hmm. and, um, and money security for which they would get regular sex. Mm. And that's really changed now that everybody's looking for closeness and Mm -hmm. warmth and empathy, compassion Mm -hmm. and, and good sex. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I think that talking about like sex and intimacy and affection, which I'm, I'm really getting into at the moment, is, is is very taboo, I feel like, even even though there are a lot of initiatives for it nowadays, and a lot of, um, I think they call themselves like sexologists like or sex therapists. Um, I'm curious, um, how, do we, how do we even start to have that conversation to say, it's okay, like it's okay to have those desires and, and publicly talk about it because even, even till now, I still feel like it's, it's a taboo and it's something that I could only, let's say, you know, keep amongst my girlfriends when I, when I open up to them and talk about these type of topics. So we have a sexual psychology. We have a money psychology. We have a different parts of self that, um, that we tap into and sex, sexuality is no different, our sexual psychology. So we have to tap into, we have to become comfortable with our bodies. We have to mm-hmm. become comfortable with the idea that we have desires and that's normal and natural. Mm-hmm. And that we can enjoy sex and that's good. Mm-hmm. And that we bring ourselves to a sexual experience with our, with our partners. Um, and I'm going to speak about partners because that's really my focus. Uh, and that it's our responsibility. Each person has uh, an individual responsibility to show up, um, not necessarily turned on, but available, emotionally available, sexually available, physically available, or that they can speak to um, an unavailability. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm here, or I would love this, but not that. Mm-hmm. So learning to talk to each other, to really mm-hmm. speak openly is so important. Yeah, absolutely. I even think about, um, you know, with my husband and I, we very much are uh, equals for a lot of things. But, you know, I still feel like there are some things that are maybe touchy subjects to bring up. Um, And I like to believe that I have the courage to always bring it up. But I'm not always bringing it up in the right ways. I think sometimes maybe things will accumulate and then I'll just... (laughs) I'll just kind of blow up about a specific topic. And so um, I, I, I love that you are just so, um, you know, open about talking about these uh, sensitive, what, what maybe a lot of people still consider sensitive topics. Where did this come from for you? What, what inspired you to become a marriage educator and a board certified coach? So I was in corporate. I managed high-rise office buildings for pension funds. And I got involved in... Uh, in a psychodrama many, 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 many years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very interesting to me. Uh, I went with a friend. And then from there, um, I met John James. I went with a friend uh, to a conference. She didn't want to go by herself, and I didn't really want to go. But I went to the keynote, and he was talking about grief and grieving. And it hit me so powerfully 
Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, that's what's going on with me. I'm grieving. And he talked about grief and grief and loss and how normal and natural the grieving process is and that there are so many losses in life. Yeah. And after that, it took me a few years and I decided that I really wanted to work as a professional uh, in the grief and loss area. Mm-hmm. And I worked with, um, with men and women. And then I decided that I really wanted to leave corporate at some point and work 100% um, mm-hmm. in, the, in the death and dying world and life-threatening and chronic illness. Mm-hmm. So, when I, so I became a PhD psychologist and had a practice. And in 1999, I ran into a coach on an airplane, LAX to Dulles. Mm-hmm. Changed my life forever. And when I got back to LA, I did a little bit of investigating. There was no Google in 1999. Mm -hmm. And I found the ICF, the International Coach Federation, and started doing seminars and teleclasses and learning about coaching. And I loved coaching. It made so much sense, particularly working with couples whose issues were immediate, Mm. right? It's Mm -hmm. where are we now? And what do I want? What do you want? Where are your strengths? What do you bring? What do I bring? And how do we co-create the thing that we want together? Mm-hmm. And that's called coaching to the gap. And it made so much sense to me. So in 1999, I transitioned out of doing therapy into coaching. So, so Dr. Jackie, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about how you work with your clients. Um, even now, I, as, as my husband and I are actively um, in couples counseling, um, I, I, I had to do like a mind shift to working as a unit with my husband versus like having a therapist that's just for me. So tell me what, what is your, what is the biggest difference, you know, coaching couples versus let's say an individual. And what do you feel like is your, you know, zone of genius in, in helping couples? So I see myself as the advocate for the relationship, Mm -hmm. not for either of the partners. Mm. Uh, There's no confidentiality. Whatever you say to me, if we have a a side conversation, everything is couples work, everything Mm -hmm. and everything. uh, It will be brought back into the relationship and both partners know that and agree to that. Mm -hmm. So I'm the advocate for the relationship. And I hear from both people. Who are you? What do you need? How, how do you express yourself in this situation? Mm -hmm. Uh, Where are your limits? Where are your boundaries? Mm -hmm. So when I hear from each person, uh, where, who they are, how they operate, how they show up personally, what their values are, their needs, their beliefs. Because very often in relationships, we have competing needs and priorities. Mm-hmm. And I understand from the couple what they want to co-create together. And then I'm able to do that when I hear from each of them individually. I can help them to deepen and strengthen who they already are and their gifts and strengths and natural abilities um, to s- strengthen limits mm-hmm. or to create, this is key, to create strategies mm-hmm. that they can both um, employ so that they can meet their relationship goals. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it's maybe a cultural thing, um, let's say in America, where um, couples are more likely to, let's say, compete with their own individual goals you know, with each other as opposed to co-create? So I have clients in eight time zones. Hmm. And uh, I used to send a relationship tip sheet to over 38 countries. Wow. And I think that it's more generational. 
mm-hmm. than it is geographical. Mm-hmm. I think that older men, uh, I hate to paint this with a broad brush, um, and that said, I think I think men that in their in their late fifties, sixties have more of a need to be the man. They understand what that is mm-hmm. to be the provider. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that millennial men uh, can be more engaged with their partners and their partner's success. And and as and as you get older, that sometimes becomes more problematic. Not always. Yeah. But just sort of in general. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we're not trying to, you know, stereotype or categorize. Um, exactly. I'm just very curious because of, you know, your experience and your background, um, you know, what what have your general <laughs> broad brush observations have been? And it gets me to uh, think about, um, you know, I'm a millennial and my spouse is a Generation uh, X. And so um, it's interesting because even though we work together, there's definitely still very much um, that desire for him to feel like he needs to be a provider. And I think it was really modeled by his dad, who was a baby boomer, um, or was part of the baby boomer generation. So it's really interesting to see that and to really see how um, relationships are evolving today. At the end of the day, what do you hope uh, to accomplish with, with your clientele or with your clients? So let me answer the second part of your question, uh, and then it'll feed right into this if I can. Perfect. My, zo- my zone of genius, if you will. Uh, is making things operational. It, mm. It's one thing to be aware. It's one thing to uh, to learn. It's a whole other thing to apply the things that we've learned, to use mm-hmm. all of the awareness that we birth, that we surface. And that's what I can really help people do, is learn how to use skills and tools and strategies, how to know themselves, know their partner, use that knowledge, that mm-hmm. very deep knowledge, uh, and 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 um, I don't want to say work with each other because that the whole word work, but to engage with with each other, to co-build, co-create the life that they want. I appreciate you saying that, Dr. Jackie, because I uh, there was a previous counselor we worked with who used the word compromise a lot, and oh. I personally <laughs> I personally don't like that word. I I love how you say engage with each other and co-create because if you're compromising i mean is that really a, a healthy relationship to begin with no no i can answer that no there's mm-hmm. no compromise there's no negotiating and there's no settling for less mm-hmm. those are three three uh, first of all those came out of uh, business uh, um, constructs not personal in a relationship in a relationship, it has to be win, win, win. Hmm. I win, you win, we win. We can't ever lose sight of that third entity that we co-create energetically. So Mm -hmm. I win, you win, we win. And if anybody takes a hit, if there's a loss in any way, I know this sounds Pollyanna, but it works. If you are absolutely committed to I win, you win, we win, there are so many options and alternatives that we can't even envision if we're stuck in compromise and we're stuck in, I, I deserve it. My yeah. limit is bigger than yours. It's like, according to who? Yeah, absolutely. I remember in a past relationship of mine, um, my uh, my spouse or my, my boyfriend at the time, his uh, mom passed away early on in our relationship. And it seemed like for the rest of our 
our relationship. We had, we were to, together for about six years before we broke it off. But for the rest of that relationship, it always felt like his problems were bigger than mine. And it always mm-hmm. felt like I had to compromise and I always had to justify, oh, but he lost his mom, you know, but let's not forget I lost my dad. But no, you're, the fact that you lost your mom recently is more important <laughs> than anything. And so I, I'm just curious, maybe one final tip that you want to share uh, with our listeners who are um, in a, that are uh, in a relationship. Um, when do you know, or when, when and, and you probably, probably need professional help. They probably need to reach out to you, Dr. Jackie, for this kind of advice. But how do you know when a relationship is not working? And, and, and you should, you know, um, possibly go separate ways. Or get help. So don't go from, I'm unhappy to breaking up, uh, mm-hmm. especially if you're married. Mm-hmm. understand that sometimes there are things that we don't know and can't even see that will be so helpful. Mm-hmm. And the time to get help is as soon as you're dissatisfied, not when you're fighting, not when you're mad or upset all the time or alienated, but when you start to notice dissatisfaction, raise the red flag. Mm. There's a continuum that I like couples to think about. And on one end of the continuum is alienation. Mm-hmm. And on the other end of the continuum is intimacy. Mm-hmm. And this is really important. Alienation, intimacy. Couples should not let themselves get more than halfway from intimacy to the midpoint. Mm-hmm. So you want to be always in that range between intimacy and halfway to the midpoint. Don't wait until you get on the other side of, of the midpoint into alienation. Because energetically, it's very hard to come back. It's very hard to build trust. Uh, and it's very hard to repair your heart that much. It can be done. Yeah. People come back from terrible betrayal. Mm-hmm. But just conceptually, if people can keep themselves on the continuum from intimacy to halfway to the midpoint, you're much Beautiful. better served. Fantastic. Dr. Jackie, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for your time and your knowledge and your love for helping couple, helping couples oh. uh, co-create and engage with one another to, you know, continue to work together in, in a positive, in, in harmony, I think, with one another and, and live a good, happy, healthy life together. Well, thank you so much, Jen. It's been such a pleasure to be with you today. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. And again, to our listeners, if you want to be in touch with Dr. Jackie, you can check out her website, drjackieblack.com. Thanks for joining us. And we'll talk to you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. 
And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.